All right, we will be in Mark 4, page 839 with your Bibles, if you want to turn to that. Mark chapter 4, page 839. All right, as we get to that, how many of you would call yourself a bad student? I'm not saying bad at a specific subject. Because if you're bad at a specific subject, somebody can help you along the way. But I'm saying, how many of you are a bad student? That when you're in school, your main goal is to distract yourself and distract others. How many of you are like that? Right. So there's one thing in school that I did not like. Like, I like dodgeball. You know, I like Fayette. I loved lunch. That was probably my favorite hour of the day. <laughs> and I love history class. History class was funny to me. Yeah, it's funny. I had a teacher who had actually, uh, he talked about a Mayan uh, leader, and his name was Pianchi. So he turned his glasses upside down like this, and sideways he'd go, Pianchi! Right. So I enjoyed history because I had somebody who was invested in making it entertaining. But more than entertaining, I learned this way. But when you're as high active as I am, you start to get bored with school no matter what. And the worst thing for me was math. Because in math class, things worked a specific way. You couldn't, you couldn't find the answer another way. Teachers always wanted you to follow their route and show your work, which was the most annoying thing, because when you're using a calculator, it doesn't show the work. And when you're Googling your answers, it doesn't show the work. So it was not helpful. And so I decided that while in math class, I'm just kind of tired of it. I get kind of tired of trying to pay attention and keep up, and everybody else clearly was smarter than me. So instead, while I'm bored in the back of class, I brought my slinky. And so, like I said, my goal was to distract myself, and this distracted other people. But sure enough, the teacher sees me doing this and decides to take it away. So I don't have a slinky anymore. So I reach into one of my many pockets, zippy pockets, by the way, And I pull this, right? This is a clacker, see? So a little more fun, right? Right? Not as cool and active as the slinky, but still fun. And then my teacher looked at me and goes, Aiden, we've been this before with the slinky. So then they take this away. This is called a Jacob's Ladder, by the way. You can find it on Amazon for about four bucks. (laughs) Just saying, just saying. So then in the early 2000s, a new toy came out. And I'm like, yes, this is who I am as a person. So I pull one of these, and I'm, right? It's a beautiful, wonderful toy. You know, if any of you don't know what it is, it's a fidget spinner. So all it accomplishes is it spins and spins and spins. But even this whistling sound, I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, so this sound here would also broadcast that I'm clearly not paying attention in math to the teacher. So now my fidget spinner is out of my pocket and out of my possession. So then I find this beautiful device. Can't take this away. See, this is a pen, and you're supposed to have one with you. And I learned, right, right. Everybody's like, oh, he clicked it, right? But I didn't do this. No, 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 no. See, if I did that, then obviously the teacher knows what's going on. So I was smart, right? So I'd sit there, and I'd go. And the teacher would be like, Aiden. I'm like, why? I'm just making sure the spring works. (laughs) And then I'd start clicking again. And like, Aiden, I'm like, I forgot to close it. And then I start playing with it again. I'm like, I dropped it. My bad. 
Right. So I got away with stuff. And I was creative with how I do it because the longer I had to deal with math, the more conniving I got to get out of it. And then I had this friend, right? One friend, actually. I had two friends, and as long as I could remember. But one friend, much, much smarter than I, he always understood math. He was an advanced calculus, which is disgusting if you take that in high school, by the way. Please don't. The college classes are so much easier. <laughs> Anyways. So there he is, listening in and zoning in on every word the teacher utters. And he gets it. He gets the math concepts. And so when I struggle and I don't have notes, I'd always go to my friend and say, Hey, Ben, did you kind of take notes today? Because I'd really like those. And he knows me, and he's a really good friend. And obviously, I didn't deserve to be given the notes. But he took the notes, he gave me the notes, and then I wouldn't study them. Because just like I was in math class, I'd be that way in my personal time. Math was boring, and nothing fixed it. Finally, it comes to the day of the test, a test, midterms, everybody's least favorite thing. And on the test, I see this on this board. I'll just move those. Right. See, I drew this up. Also, I cannot pronounce that number, but I'm told it's a trillion. <laughs> I've never used a trillion in math. Who uses a trillion in math? Right, so this is kind of what I see on a test. And if all of you can't quite see it, I'll just tell you. It says find x and or y. And so there's a few problems. And in some of the problems, there's only an x or a y. And in one of the problems, it's an x and a y. So you have to show your work and find the value of each thing as you're in math. And I had no idea what to do. So it says find x and or y. So what did Aiden come up with? What did my incredible genius seventh grade brain decide to do in this moment? <laughs> right! I circled them because I found them! <laughs> right! And this is what I did with my test because my teacher and I did not get along and I thought if I'm going to fail a test, I might as well fail it miraculously. <laughs> I might as well show about how big a failure I can be. So I'm like, <laughs> I found them. <laughs> right? And then I failed the test, obviously. And then my teacher, Mr. K, he is a man who's about 6'7 and 550 pounds, and he was also the football coach and played college football, too. And he grabs me by the shoulder, and he leads me out into the hallway because I am mouthing off to him about why I couldn't do the test. And he pulls me right out of the hallway, and he says, Aiden, you failed that test, and you didn't even try to understand what's going on here. And I'm like, no, you didn't teach it. Obviously the wrong response, because obviously he's a teacher, so he taught it. But in my mind, this is my only out. And so I blame him. I'm like, it's your fault, actually, that I did not understand these concepts. And my teacher looks at me, and he goes, no, you didn't engage the material. You tried to use your friends to get by. And then even after that, you're trying to blame me. And you didn't ask questions when you need to ask questions. And that frustrated me, but there was a point to it. And so I sat down with him, and I started to really work on what math is. And I started to understand that, yes, letters can be in math. That is okay. <laughs> so if you want to look in your Bibles, we're in Mark 4. And last week, we went through a parable, and we understood a little bit of what was going on in this parable. And 
where we're picking up in verse 10, chapter 4. It reads as this. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. So what does that mean? They may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. The first few times I've actually experienced this verse, chap, um, let's see, verse 12, first time I read through this when I was a younger guy, it almost sounded like Jesus was saying, I'm going to teach everything in a parable so that those who don't hear my secrets, right, will misinterpret everything and then they won't be saved. But that is not the correct interpretation of the scriptures. See, Jesus wants a relationship with everybody. He obviously wants you to understand and wrestle with the word. So what he's actually saying here is this is a quote from Isaiah. And what's going on in Isaiah, God is speaking to Isaiah and saying, hey, you are going to go talk to a people and give them my word. You're going to give them instruction. And they're not going to listen to you, but they will hear you. And they're not going to perceive what you're saying, but they will see you. And unless if they turn away from their wicked ways and are forgiven, then they will understand. Because God is trying to accomplish something. Jesus is trying to accomplish something. And what that is, is we're going to have to keep reading. <laughs> and he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on the rock of ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have, not, they have no root in themselves but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution rises on account of the word, immediately they will fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So I know we're given a lot of different examples, right? But here's what I want you to zero in on. Here's what I want you to dial in on and understand. In this parable, what we're finding is that the word is the main concept. And you have all these different kinds of people that hear the word. They hear the same thing from Jesus. They'll read the same thing in their texts. But all of them handle it a different way. And the one that we want to be most focused on is the one that we find in verse 20. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. So those who understand the word and they interact with it and then they share it with other people will bear fruit. Now, I love strawberries. And from my thing when I was talking about school, my, one of my favorite classes was lunch. <laughs> right? Classes, right? Cause, but actually, because people kept telling me I was eating wrong and my etiquette wasn't proper, so I was always learning. <laughs> Apparently, you're not allowed to open a banana by taking a fork and going... <laughs> <laughs> so I was always learning. But back to the strawberry thing, right? If you're going to a, 
a strawberry farm and you see all the strawberry patches on the ground and, and there's a single strawberry there, then everybody's going to be upset because they didn't get to eat the strawberry and I'm going to be upset because I only got to eat one strawberry. <laughs> Think about that for a second. <laughs> but what my point is that fruit isn't just about the individual experience. This fruit that we're talking about doesn't just have to do with your own experience with Jesus. This fruit is also a fruit that multiplies, where everybody can share in what's going on. Everybody can have a taste. And so when you're being good soil, you're not only just interacting with the word and understanding the word, but then you do something with it. You go to somebody, one of your friends in groups who are struggling, and you decide to share the word with them so they too can enjoy it. And why? Well, let's keep reading. (laughs) And he said to them in verse 21, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest. Nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear with the measure you use. It will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Again, we are interacting with the word here. This is the lamp. If you have the word of God, if you understand who Jesus is, then why aren't you sharing him? See, it says, if those who have little lose everything, that makes perfect sense. Because if we go back to my math thing, I had a concept that I was supposed to find X and Y. And so I did what the instructions told me to do. I circled X and Y, and I found X and Y. But that's not the end goal. So I just had a little bit of an understanding. and went off of that, and I totally missed the point. And if you are interacting with God, and, and please hear me, it's not about just a, an immense amount of understanding, but if you're interacting with God, and you decide to take what God is teaching you, and it's in one ear and out the other, then you are missing the point. And if you hear God and you're interacting with God and you understand what God's trying to do in your life and you don't share him with other people, you're missing the point. Be fruitful. We continue. Verse 30. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Now there's this new subject, right? This kingdom of God. And I'm going to try to boil the kingdom of God down as much as possible. And if you know Tom, he's in the back. And Tom was asking me big questions, and I was struggling and wrestling with what is the kingdom of God. And so what I'm going to boil it down to you is this. The kingdom of God is everything that is under God's reign. So if you have faith, if you're walking with Jesus Christ and you have that relationship, then you are within the kingdom of God. And so we read this parable, and it says, what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. So the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Well, what exactly is a mustard seed? Well, I'm going to explain that. (laughs) A mustard seed is not where we get mustard, that's for sure. So I'm going to break that expectation right there. Right, it doesn't make sense. Why would you call this bottle of goop mustard if it doesn't even come from a mustard seed? What's its origin? I don't know. 
different point, different point altogether. But a mustard seed is this teeny tiny little thing, smaller than most seeds that you would ever encounter with, smaller than a pea, so put it into perspective. And yet it turns into a tree that's bigger than an oak. It's a massive, massive tree. And right here in, in our scripture, it says that it is the largest of the garden plants. So what shall I compare the kingdom of God? So what shall I ex- compare this experience? Well, the kingdom of God is one thing. It's in this, this ongoing becoming is something but becoming something else. So it's a seed, right? It starts as a seed and then it becomes something big and massive. It's still the same thing, but there's this transition period where it looks a little bit different. And then he goes on. It's also the biggest plant. So the kingdom of God is enormous. It covers everything within the garden. And then the last piece that we get out of this parable is that the kingdom of God is like this tree that outstretches its branches, and underneath those branches, a bird of the sky may rest. And that is a promise to us that in God's kingdom, in God, in our relationship with Jesus, we may rest and have peace and be provided for. And then in verse 33, it says, With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. I'm going to read that one more time. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. One word for you. Not fair. That's two words. See, bad at math. Not fair. It's not fair that we read here that it says that in this own private time with his disciples, Jesus explained everything. And let me tell you about a thing I learned. The word fair doesn't matter when it comes to God. Because what man perceives as fair isn't the same as God's justice. And this is a moment where we get step back and go, oh, maybe I don't have everything figured out, but God does. And so when God's saying that there is this kingdom of God that you can be a part of, and when you're a part of it, I want you to share it with other people so they may be a part of it. And right here in these parables, we have promises that tell us we can rest. Then why won't you share that with other people? Why won't you let them come and rest? And so my final point is be like my friend from math. He took the notes. He knew that as soon as I got those notes, it still would not do anything for me because I'm going to choose not to interact with it. And he gave me the notes knowingly. And he decided that I was his friend and that I was worth his love and that he was going to give me those notes, not because I'm going to study them, but because he wants to show that he's going to extend his hand out to me, that he's going to love me. And say, Aiden, I know you're not the brightest bulb in the entire store. But I care about you. And so he extended his hand. And he understood what it meant to have something and understand a concept and try to share it with other people. And that right there is my main point for you. Be good soil. Allow God to do a good work in you. And share your experience with other people so that they can interact with God as well. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for the opportunity to share your word and to share your heart. I ask that as these students break out into their groups, that they can genuinely interact with the questions, genuinely interact with one another, knowing that the entire point of what we do here amidst the fun is that we want to interact with you.
and fall deeper in love with who you are. In your name I pray, amen. All right.